2000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. The Big 12 football schedule release for 2023. That's a great question. I don't know where it is. Uh, have we heard any scuttlebutt as to what's going on yet? Well, yeah, there's a reason I played that. Um, the athletic... Andy Staples had like, hey, one of those, shoot me your questions and I'll answer them, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So someone asked, what are your thoughts on the Big 12 pushing back the 2023 schedule release and the rumor that OU and Texas were displeased with the original version of it? Is that that the rumor? I, I guess so, if someone was asking Andy Staples that, but apparently that's the rumor that OU and Texas were displeased with the original schedule that was presented. Hmm. Well, um, I I don't doubt that. I think that. And what would that exactly mean? Like, what schedule could they have been prevented to where they said, <laughs> uh, "No, try again, please." Nice rough draft. Let's, maybe, let's go ahead and work that again. Maybe too many road games. I I don't know. Like, it, this is their last year in the conference and. Everyone trying to cash in on playing playing them at home and getting that that big big crowd, big payday. Um, I don't I don't blame Oklahoma and Texas at all for digging in on the schedule because it gives them a a really good reason. To, to change some of the terms, perhaps, of their exit. You know, I, yeah. the Big 12 has been hanging the exit fee over their head. Like, I don't know what all is still going on with that. Um, you know, I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but at some point it was floated out there that there's a clause in the, in the, in the grant of rights that Oklahoma and Texas would not have to play anyone, any new teams coming into the conference if they didn't vote for it. And remember, they did not vote. They, I think both OU and Texas both did not vote in whether or not those teams were to come in. Let me read a four-paragraph response. I'm going to read uh, each paragraph one by one. I'll let you comment after each one. The first paragraph from Andy Staples says this, the answer to the question. With the league now looking to hammer out a deal with OU and Texas for an exit to the SEC in 2024, which would give OU and Texas what they want and bring more money to the eight schools that were members with OU and Texas, it would seem logical to wait until that deal gets done to release the schedule. Because if negotiations fell apart and OU and Texas had to stay through the 2024-2025 academic year, a two-year version of the schedule might look different. That's paragraph one. Anything there? Well, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you you definitely need to clear up all of the the exit logistics before you commit to anything. Like. Yeah, if you were to agree to a one-year schedule and then all of a sudden you have to stick around, you won't have any leverage in the second go-round, I would think. 
I doubt Oklahoma and Texas will get much say in the makeup of the schedule, especially if the league is going to cut a deal with them to leave early. In fact, were I in charge of the Big 12, I'd make the 2023 schedule in the way that benefits my league most going forward and wouldn't worry about the concerns from OU and Texas at all. I, I'm sure the Big 12 has that mentality. Well, yeah, but listen to what he says there. I Read the read the first sentence again. I doubt OU and Texas will get much say in the makeup of the schedule, especially if the league is going to cut a deal with them to leave early. Well, yeah, they haven't cut a deal yet to leave early. That's why Oklahoma and Texas are leveraging to get what they want in the schedule, right? Like, those yep. two things are working together. Like, so... Him saying that they're not going to get anything that they want. Well, you just said that they're still negotiating the exit. That's why this this holdup is going on, in my opinion, is because you have leverage over the schedule, and you can use that as far as the exit is concerned. Andy Staples continues, I'd absolutely make them both play five conference road games. It wouldn't be feasible to send both on the road to all four new members in football. The other eight would get one game from one, and one would have the Oklahoma-Texas game as its fifth road game. But I'd try to make sure OU visits two new members and Texas visits two new members. That way, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF get properly welcomed with games that should easily sell out and draw a prominent television time slot. If we're trying to cause maximum discomfort, we definitely send Texas on the road to Houston, which I think the we, we've mentioned this a few times before. It's like I think the Houston Chronicle has reported that Houston will host Texas this year. Yeah, well, and it's believed that OU will go to BYU, or at least thought that, it, that that's going to happen. I think that yeah, you know, I I think that Oklahoma playing two on the road and Texas playing two on the road makes sense. Um, you know, and I I don't. I think Andy Staples is forgetting the voice of the existing members. Like the existing members don't just want to, um, you know, take the last opportunity. Like I've talked about this before. Like Oklahoma's supposed to play Kansas State in Manhattan next year. You think Kansas State wants to say, yeah, yeah? Oh, of course not. Give up our home game of course not. to BYU or to Cincinnati. Like, we don't care about our biggest gate of the entire year. No, nah, no. Nah. Let let one of the newcomers have that. You think that's how that conversation's gonna go? No, absolutely not. Last paragraph. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas could complain about this, but their leaders seem pretty smart. They likely understand that this level of spite is preferable to the level of spite that forces OU and Texas to spend one more year in the Big 12 and takes money out of the pockets of Baylor, Iowa State, KU, Kansas State, all the remaining teams. They'll be playing LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn soon enough, but this year the Big 12 absolutely should ship them to BYU and UCF. Well, I think they I think they will, but I don't know. I think that whole statement is dumb as hell. Is it just me or Well which which part? Well, I, he he's he's suggesting that Oklahoma and Texas have zero leverage and just have to lay down and take it. Yeah, and, and I I mean it's just not the case I, at all. Yeah. 
Not the case well, at all. Well, and, and I don't think that OU not, – not only do I think that's false, I think it's also false to just assume like – well, Chris Del Cane and, and Joe Castiglione, they're smart. They're just going to lay down. Like, it's not the best interest of their football programs, but they're just going to lay down and concede to what the Big 12 wants to do this year because they know, well, we get to play Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU coming up. Like, that's not what's in yeah, the best interest of the football program. That's I, I don't believe that's true Yeah, either. it's stupid. And here's the thing, like, if you're Oklahoma, you leverage this situation – for the exit, right? That's that's what's that's what is going on here. But the other part of it is this: like he acts like sending Oklahoma to to uh, Cincinnati or BYU is like some massive punishment out of no. spite. You OU th- fans are like, let's go. Who do you now. think would rather? Oh, you would rather play Kansas State on the road next year. Or Cincinnati on the road next year? Cincinnati. Well, I, there, there are some people like Kansas State. But still, Cincinnati because it's somewhere new. I've already had well, it's people not co- even, I'm not even talking about the fans. I'm talking about the football team. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. to win the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's... But also the fans, too. Like, I've already had a lot of texts and calls. Um, yeah. Like, hey, man, fans I, go somewhere I'm new. going to BYU if that game's on the schedule. Yeah, that's... It's... I don't know. That's why I think that, that whole statement is, is really dumb. Like, to... To act like Oklahoma and Texas have absolutely no leverage in the deal. Well, if that was the case, the schedule would already be out, right? True. If, if Oh, you'd have five road games at BYU, at Cincinnati, at wherever else, and they were just laid down and said, yeah. But, but I believe his initial statement almost, which kind of contradicts everything after that a little bit, is there's probably is a holdup because OU and Texas saw the original schedule and they said, yeah, let's try again. And – I don't know. This is it's it's hard for me to to think about this in my head on the air at the moment. But uh-oh. Well, I'm talking about the five road games in conference. Like that is is that even something that is no feasible? It, would, it wouldn't be because let's see for OU five um five road conference games right. Mm-hmm. One in Dallas, one in Tulsa. That means OU would play seven games away from Norman and just have five home games. I, I that ain't happening. They're, they're, they'll have six home games one way or the other. Right, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Why like, did Texas play? Since Texas was the road team in Dallas, did they play five road games in the Big Twelve last year? Uh, let me think. They I'm had. It up. They had they had Baylor at home. Well, yeah, just pull just pull it up and count it real quick. Okay. So I don't have to go through the, the entire conference. It's showing last or next year's schedule. It has them playing Alabama as the only thing up. So stupid. Uh, okay, they played at Kansas, at K State, at Oklahoma State, and at Tech. The Oklahoma game is listed as a neutral site. So, yeah. um, so they had four home. Four away and one neutral site then. Right. And I'm going to guess that OU probably had the exact same then. Yeah, that's going to be – yeah, that's what that's what we – that's the same thing. That's exactly what's going to happen um, yeah, I, this year. Yeah, OU's not going to play a schedule with five home games. And maybe that's what they initially presented to them. And they're like, yeah, five home games ain't going to cut it. Sorry. Yeah. Who knows? Well, yeah, because it is – 
It'd be three home conference games. Yeah. Three home conference games in Arkansas State and um, SMU would be your home schedule. Right. Not happening. Not happening. But, hey, they've got no leverage, and they're just going to have to lay down and take it and watch the Big 12 spite them. You know what? Hey, if if the Big 12 wants to, like, knowingly do all of this stuff to make it – um, to try and make life miserable on Texas. Like, there's a lot that's gone on over the last year or so that we can all look at it and say, huh, what's going on here? Some of the some of the officiating stuff we've seen, which you can't – it's almost impossible to tie it back to officiating because what would the officials care? But there's just been some stuff, right? And you can't really – you can't really directly tie it. But if the Big 12 wants to go ahead and directly tie it, I say bring it on. I love a pissed-off football team. Nothing is better than when a team is pissed off and has and a fan base is pissed off and has something to rally behind. You better be careful. You're going to fire it. you're going to fire everyone up here. I love it. You're going to be ready to march on the Big 12 headquarters in Dallas. Yeah, let's, like you got some people going. Put us on the road. Put us on the road. Just so long as we know it's done out of spite and we can look directly to Oklahoma and Texas and see that they're the two that got screwed whenever it comes to the schedule, do it. I Please, give us something. Give us something to hang on the, in the locker room. Give the fan base something to be upset about. I love it. You know, we, we used to talk four or five years ago about, you know, I, winning a conference championship every single year is a pretty incredible task, but... The fans kind of, you know, it's not as, it's hard to appreciate it as much when it's almost just an expected thing every year. If OU were to win the conference this year with, and you combine everything that you just said, right? Oh, buddy, uh, that would be that'll be a happy, happy day for OU. It'll be a very happy day. Here's the other thing, and I love that the Big Twelve teams are all upset. Right, and and they're going to take it out on Oklahoma and Texas that they're leaving and going to the SEC. How about a thank you? How about a thank you for being on the teat of OU and Texas for the last two decades, right? Kansas floating along, winning one or two games a year, getting a full, you know, $40 million Big 12 share, don't have to do anything in football, nothing. Just, just a just a hanger on. That's what everyone has been. Oklahoma and Texas have driven the ratings in this conference, and I can't believe I've been forced into a corner to where I feel like I'm on Team Texas here. But that's what we're looking at. There's two schools that drive the ratings in this conference that have made tons of money for all of these schools. And this is what they want to do, right? I would say a thank you and uh, good luck in the SEC, but that's not what's happening. How about we just beat their ass the entire season, run up the score, send us on the road, give us something to rally behind. Please. At least an edible gift basket, right? Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Sean says OU has all the leverage. We can exactly. Choose. Thank we, you. Well, listen to this. It's a good point. OU has all the leverage. We can choose to never play Big Twelve teams again in any sport, as can the University of Texas. It's a great point. Yeah. Like yeah, like you're going to OU and Texas are out of the league, but you're still going to need 
OU and Texas a little bit moving forward. Like those, like you're still counting on ratings. Tech playing Texas, Bedlam happening, K K State. Nothing really changes in terms of ratings. Those teams playing down the way. Like you better make sure you have a good enough relationship there that where they're going to want to play your conference later on down the road. I say we opt out of the Big Twelve, play Texas at a neutral site in Dallas. And then play them four times at home and then four times in Austin. We'll just play Texas uh, nine times well, this year. that would be your uh, season <laughs> tickets would sell out if you did that. I bet. I mean, seriously. <laughs> would you sell more season tickets playing Texas four times at home or whatever schedule the yeah. uh, conference gives you next year? Yeah. I, I think you – yeah, I think people would love to see Texas uh, – Oklahoma nine times. I can't see that mullet for 12 games next year, though. It's it's a fun idea, but I can't stare at that mullet their quarterback has for 12 games. I can't do it. Okay, I see the text line, Teddy Big Tex Layman, all right? <laughs> Very funny. Teddy Big Tex Layman. Texas Teddy. Texas Teddy. Uh, that's great. Very good, guys. I love that so much. <sighs> you can always count on the text line. You know what I'm saying, though? I mean, come on, the Big 12 – like they're about to get a better TV deal. Uh, they're they're going to be able to. There's more teams going to be in the in the running to win the conference every year. I I think the league is going to be really competitive. I think it's going to be great. And and you've made all of this money off of Oklahoma and Texas, and I, this is what you're going to do in the final year. That's fantastic. I'd like to hear Mac Brown's official press conference on how the Big 12 conference and officials are screwing OU in Texas. <laughs> Is that my calling? I think so. Well, they won't settle down, the paddle people over there. We had a second night there in the second quarter, and Vince couldn't hear because the paddle people were going, and we had a false start penalty. That's great. Love it. I think that was Thanks, a direct Coach. quote from him back in 2005. Probably the, the something very similar. people. Uh, Jim in Arlington says, bunch of ungrateful sad sacks. Yeah, Teddy, go. No. The well, Big 12 softball sure needs us. God, that's the truth. Yeah, have fun with that, guys. Longhorn layman. Longhorn layman. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> the Big 12 is irrelevant and bankrupt without us in Texas. Well, uh, that's the thing is they're actually signing a really, really good television deal. It's great. They're going to be making way more money than they were previously. Um, they're, they're still not- butthurt by the way that it all happened and the way that it was, it was all released. But actually, like it was very beneficial for them, the timeline, to get out in front of it like, yeah. before the whole Pac-12 stuff happened. Right. And if they're butthurt about how it got released, they can get mad at Texas A&M. Yeah, well, that's, that's what we always do, right? Just get mad yeah. at A&M. Teddy Lehman or William Wallace? You need you need some blue uh, face paint. I think we have some in the back. I see a whole army of my countrymen. <laughs> you do have the ref army, so we could reenact that scene. Just tell everyone to show up to the parking lot here. We could recreate that one pretty easy. Though I don't want to see a whole lot of ref army members in kilts. I think I'm out on that. So you guys yeah. have fun. Go home, and you'll live, at least for a while. Yeah, well, let's um, let's get it going one more time. Run through the Big Twelve, put us on the road the entire season. Don't give a rip. Uh, give us, make the team mad. I love it. I actually really enjoy it. I think that's the uh, the best thing ever. And then, yeah, I 
I don't even know what Oklahoma would do, but I love the text by Sean. It's like, we don't have to play anyone in anything at all. Uh, could they fill out a schedule? I don't even know how that would look, but, I mean, that is a, an interesting thought. I love this text. Yeah, put us on the road. We don't care. Please just don't send us to Manhattan, though. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. Grasslands. And to learn more, visit nationalforest.org. The National Forest Foundation. See you're somewhere. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. 24-7 sports. They just uh, refreshed their rankings for the 2023 class. P.J. Atabare, the highest-ranked signee for OU, the number nine overall player. Nah! And the number three overall defensive player. So, back to the uh, interesting topic of OU arguably signed the best defensive player in Cruton. And the yeah. best defensive player in the transfer portal in Deshaun McCullough. That'll play. Yeah. That'll play. Jackson Arnold, JFA, is at number 10, number 10 overall player. Jaquez Petaway at 56, Peyton Bowen at 57, Samuel Omasigo at 75, and we have Caden Green at 92. That rounds out the top 100. Makari Vickers, safety out of Tallahassee, just missed it at 101. Yeah. And what, these newest set of rankings, Ohio State, jumped him yeah that's right Yeah, they're just i mean they are right behind them ohio state at four OU at five and uh but if you get uh if you hit him with the heim this weekend like we're hoping hit him with the high then uh yeah maybe you uh jump ohio state back to well four. louisiana state university is also right behind oklahoma by uh 11 one hundredths of a point however they uh calculate that i don't know um they both have the same amount of commits. Um, Oklahoma has three, con- what is it, composite five stars to LSU's two composite five stars. So they're really close. Yeah, an extra an extra signee right there would maybe give them some separation and maybe bump you back ahead of Ohio State. But I don't know how those things work. Um, you know, just uh, it's interesting with, with – uh, like you, you talk about Adebare – Going from where he's gone previously to to now a on the on the verge of a top ten player composite that they got they went down. That's just yeah. weird. So a year ago, let's see where PJ was at. A year ago, he was the number three hundred and eighty-eight overall player. Today, he is the number nine player. So yeah, almost a, a year to date. 388 nationally. Now he's the number nine overall player. Dang, with well, a 99 rating. Well, right. You don't even have to go back that far. Like, where was he in the summer? July, he wasn't. Mid July, he wasn't a top 100 player. He was at yeah. 106. He was at 106. So from 106 to, to nine, it's just incredible. And some places uh, have him higher than that. You know, some of the other places what was his highest he was at three was that right or 
The highest that PJ was at? Is that yeah. what you're saying? No, the, this is the highest he was at. It's nine. It all, is? All, yeah, all he's done is... You, no, no, you're no, probably, no, 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 no. I'm saying other publications. Like, On3 oh. had him as like the number four player overall, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't remember. I know ESPN, I think, had Jackson Arnold at three. I, I don't. There's been so many new rankings yeah. released here recently that I, I can't keep track of all of them. I try, but... Yeah. No. I'll keep track of them that day. Jackson Arnold was three... In the updated ESPN 300, they had PJ Atabari at 20 on ESPN. Yeah. Um, on three, PJ Atabari was four. Jackson yeah. Arnold was six. So, okay, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, regardless, um, doesn't matter anymore. He's on campus right now. Uh, yeah, they're going through workouts. Working out with the big boys. and Jackson Arnold was showing off his uh, shake that he got from the nutrition team earlier today. Really? Yeah. He and Peyton Bowen did like a little cameo video, whatever, for uh, the OU football Twitter account. The nutrition bar? Uh-huh. Uh, I counted up 38 five-stars in this recent class in the 24-7 composite rankings. Which state had the most five-stars in this recent class? Are you asking me? Um, let me see. Texas. Uh, yeah, I'm asking you. No, Texas was second. Florida had the most. 38 five-stars, and Florida had nine of them. Okay. Texas had the second most with six. Here's what I found interesting about that. Um, Texas had six, and as I told Parker earlier, it's like a vintage – it's almost like a vintage recruiting class. Because, like, when you were in school, you know, if you're a big-time player in Texas – you were going to Texas, you were going to A&M, or you were going to OU. Well, that's changed significantly since A&M's moved to the SEC. Ohio State's in the state of Texas, the entire SEC's in the state of Texas. That dynamic has just changed. Not this year. All six of those five stars, OU got two, A&M got two, Texas got two. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like it was 20 years ago. That is, that's interesting. What about, do you have the breakdown for Florida? Of what schools they attended? Yeah. No, but the the breakdown I do have, and I didn't double check my numbers here, so I, I may be off we don't by a do couple. That on yeah, this yeah, show, yeah, come on. So thirty eight five stars, twenty three I counted were from SEC states: Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Missouri, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina. Probably not that surprising, but over fifty percent of the five stars were from SEC states. Wow, yeah, and even like the one from Iowa that's not an SEC state, is playing at an SEC school, yeah. Alabama, you know? Yep, yep. California right. only had three five-stars. Three five-stars. Yeah. Massachusetts had two, which is nuts. That's crazy. I know they got like a football academy up there. I, I think that helped. But How is that? I mean, think I'm about that. I'm telling you, man, it's not. It's still a power state, but it's not what – I don't think it's what it once was. I, I just don't understand. I hear you. I get it, but I just don't understand how it's possible. I, California has, I don't know what the population is. It's got to be 40 million people. Yeah, 39.2 million people in California. And then do the population of Austin, Texas. That basically counts as California. So just yeah, add that, add that in, which has got to be another 2 million, 3 million. Um, it's just crazy that there's that many people there and there's three five-stars. Like they've got the biggest population. I don't know what Texas's population is. It's not what California's is. And I, I can't remember all three, but it's what I've been telling you for a while now. Like they're, One of their five stars was a quarterback. Another one of their five stars was a running back. You're just not getting yeah. high-level down linemen, defensive tackles, 
you know, legit backers. They just they'll produce the skill position players as good as anyone, but not not the positions you need to win a title. Ten million. There's ten million more people in California, which is two and a half times the population of Oklahoma. There's two and a half more Oklahomas in California. Um and I I just don't get it. Like there's a long history of great football players coming out of the state. It's crazy. What is ever what are they doing? If it's not football, what is it? Um hmm. Shielding off the homeless? Shopping? Well, they're definitely shopping on Rodeo Drive. Come on. <laughs> I I just don't know what everyone else is doing. I don't I don't get it. Um, Wheat blank kids from California just aren't playing football anymore, says the text line. Okay, well, what are they playing then? Are they playing baseball? Uh, is it a is it a big basketball state now? It may it may be. Hoops? I, I I don't know. I haven't looked at. I, I can just tell by the overall five stars and the trends of it. It's just not. Well, but basketball is like <laughs> you can play basketball all you want, but if you're not six seven, then it doesn't really matter. Right, so if you're if you're six one and a half, you know two hundred and thirty pound high school edge player or whatever, like you're, you, what else are you doing? Like you're not gonna are they play baseball? Maybe we've successfully arrived at the portion of the show your favorite where we make fun of the state of California, as does the text line. Stewart says they're smoking instead of playing uh, football. Uh, too busy stopping climate change, says Brent from Jinx. Uh, Callie, smoking dope, video games, and staying inside because the sun's out. Gunny mm-hmm. says they're playing lacrosse. Uh, Jim in Arlington says they're painting their fingernails. Well, I, I'm not buying the lacrosse. I, that's what they're playing in the Midwest. But <laughs> I'd be shocked if you go through some downtown L.A. high schools and there's like some breakout lacrosse games going on out in the parking lot. Uh, 405, it's a video game state now. Come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> California plays inclusive nude pickleball. That top tech said the kids are playing fentanyl. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they don't play football out there anymore. They're all on Feet Finder now. Gross. Jeez. Activism is big in California. They're doing yoga at USC. Croquet is on here. But here's the thing. Ah, like, you guys are on The one. activism is big in Cali, like, not in the places that have routinely put out good athletes. Like, that's, I'm not buying that. I don't get it. I don't know. That was an impressive onslaught from the text line. I just mentioned it was your favorite part of the show, and like, boom, it it all happened. Nice job, guys. Lacrosse is popular on the East Coast as well. They are paying for gas, no money left. They're playing soccer. Too much protesting, says 5808. Well, this this text says, Teddy, your math is off. No, I'm not – I know how many people – I'm saying – California has two and a half Oklahomas more than Texas. Like, not their total population. I'm saying that's how many more people are in California than in Texas. And they're not putting out anywhere near the athletes that, that Texas and, and Florida are. And, and, like, we're looking at five stars. But, like, the amount of four stars and just 
good football players that come out of the state of Texas and the state of Florida, like, it's not even close, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Sean says downtown L.A. high schools are like OKC public schools. They can't field teams. Uh, they're doing drug needle hopscotch. Gavin Newsom is trying to ban football. They're all moving out of state. There could be a little truth to that. There is. Yeah. There's, there's, and there's, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of California folks moving all over the country. Um, Just don't move here. Right. But there's been a lot in Arizona. So I think you may see, and I feel like there has been an uptick in some of the talent in the Arizona area. Um, you know, just some of the players we've seen. There's always been some good players there, but <laughs> one more before we hit a break. Five eight oh Nate. Does Gucci even make football cleats? That's a good point. <laughs> Is he gonna be the first to wear oh like a uh, like a man purse out there on the football field? Yes. Yes. Next year he will absolutely wear a man purse on the football. He'll paint his fingernails in between downs. Oh my gosh. Over on the sideline. <laughs> Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left. Stay with us. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. No and hotel bringing the final hour of the rush. Someone on the text line says it's a satchel, not a purse that Caleb Williams will be wearing next year. Someone else says, uh, that's the hardest I've ever laughed at the text line, that two minutes. Same. That was pretty good. Satchel. Okay. Well, do you think he'll wear a satchel He would year? correct yes. someone uh, in the postgame press conference and say, uh, it's, it's a satchel. It's a satchel, it's a bro. Satchel. Yeah. And I'm sure it would say F. Cal or Stanford or whoever they're playing across from it. Like the, No, it'd just be a standard uh, Louis Vuitton satchel. Hmm. College football players to watch in 2023. Heisman candidates, freshmen, phenoms, and surprises, according to ESPN. They have a little bit of a roundtable discussion. First, who's college football's best player next year? Adam Rittenberg gets first pick. He's going with Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. Uh, Not a bad pick at all. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, It's Grinkowski all over again. Dude's a gigantic player could run tough uh just a incredible mismatch out there he's he's a stud uh uh, marvin harrison jr is getting a vote that's not a not a shock there um let's see uh, caleb williams of course is getting some votes drake may looks like he gets a vote there um blake quorum looks like he's getting another one so not not too many surprises there did you hear the audio i think it was on Steely show of uh, Joel Klatt talking about yeah we, play, we played that yesterday yeah, yeah he has him as the uh, number three overall portal edition this offseason that's why I say like did OU add the best defensive player in Cruton and in the transfer portal there is an argument to be made there well I think it's um, maybe maybe two of the better players. And I think you could maybe go maybe go a little bit deeper than just two. But off the top right there, those two guys added to the roster are two of the better prospects that we've we've added in a long time. No right? doubt. And it's not there's like the size is there is what you really like, right? Is these aren't guys that are, you know, unique one off players that are, you know, 
make up for the lack of, of size with, you know, just great skill and, and quickness. And, like, these are legit NFL-type football players that they've added. So, I think uh, – think things are looking up. They asked if Carl's Jr. can uh, repeat as the Heisman Trophy winner next year, and most of them seem to think yes. Because USC didn't go to the playoff, because they didn't win a national championship. And I, I kind of get the thought, like, if, if USC were – if they were to win the Pac-12 this year and, and roll undefeated, it would be a nightmare, but there there is a path to it. There's a path, and it, it's not just the fact that they, they didn't do it all in that one year whenever he won the Heisman – they have a like their schedule next year. Woo! It's going to be tough. A lot more difficult. For and sure. like all of the sudden, the Pac-12 is is going to be like fun to watch. Obviously, what USC's done, Washington with Penix back, Oregon with Bo Nix back, Utah with Cam Rising back. I heard Joe Klatt say that the Pac-12 is going to have the is going to be the best quarterback conference next year, and I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't think it's close, frankly. Um, with the kid at uh, Arizona that's that's up and coming, um, obviously Colorado with uh, the Sanders kid, it's going to be it's going to be must watch television, which is kind of hard to say. We're used to making fun of it. Must but watch at ten thirty at night television. That's yeah. what it'll be. It's can watch because there's nothing else on. What freshman is worth following? At least it's not going to be on the Longhorn Network on a game that I wanted to watch last yeah. night, but can't watch it. Yeah, that's right. Pathetic. What freshman is worth following this year? You got your Arch Manning, your quarterbacks, whatever. Here's one that says the Peyton Bowen drama was one of the biggest stories around signing day, but we know now he'll be in Oklahoma. Sooner, ESPN's number two safety and number 14 overall player in the 23 class should be an immediate factor on a defense looking for production and playmakers in the back end. Look, I really like Peyton Bowen. I think he's going to turn out to be a really good player. I don't know if I – actually, I do know. I don't consider him an immediate factor on this defense this year. Why not? Because I think OU's actually pretty set. At, nah, I, I think that there's – a good amount of talent in his position and talent that is actually experienced like like Billy Bowman like the tech transfer that you have like some of the players you have coming back like I feel like Bowman and what what's the guy what why am I blanking Pearson? on the kid you got from tech Reggie Pearson yeah I think those there's a chance that those are your two starting um safeties back there here's Maybe. here's the real reason that Peyton Bowen doesn't start this coming fall because no one can handle having your two safeties be Bowman and Bowen. It just it'd be a constant disaster, stumbling all over who's who. Mm-hmm. Could so, be an issue. Need to wait for uh, the Bowman kid to graduate. Do you consider him an immediate factor on this defense? And when I think of immediate, I think they're saying like, okay, great chance to start day one. Is what I, that that means to me? Tell me what you mean by factor. Uh, he is a he is in the mix to be a starter day one is what that means to me. Maybe that individual's definition is a little bit different, but that's how I read it. Um, I would be I would be surprised if he ended up being a starter. Not shocked, but I would be surprised if he, if he ended up being a starter. My expectation is that he 
he plays. Um, he he gets snaps, and I'm not talking blowout snaps. They they try and work him in and, and get him to be a part of it pretty quickly, um, as often as they can, because they're going to need him to be a stud the following year. Yeah, they are. So that's your SEC year right there. That's it. So I think he'll play. You know, they they got some three safety stuff uh, that they do, but I I'm hoping I think I think Justin Harrington could could have a, a really good year if he has some big growth this this offseason. Um, I love his energy. I love his athleticism. Needs to be way more consistent. Needs to tackle better. But like we're gonna have some length and some athleticism at safety, man. And some it's experience. Gonna be, it's going to be a totally experience. different. Don't yep. forget about that. Totally different. Two year starter year. coming in. Billy Bowman's been what? I guess Billy Bowman's been a two year starter now, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's right. All right. Quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up in studio six five one three four three nine. Make the want. right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Listen up, folks. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is ready to hire you. The construction is starting on our new service facility, so we're looking to hire service technicians now. They're with us. To learn more about how you can support this groundbreaking effort and get Advantage Miles, go to standuptocancer.org slash American Airlines. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up. Oh, you missed this announcement yesterday. I think we have our official Ref Army weather correspondent. Uh, Jaden Knowles is interested. Oh, really? We have another winter storm incoming early next week. You Tuesday. Think, you think we should have him on tomorrow to, to talk about it? Maybe ask some football questions? Wait till Monday? What do you think? So you're going to ask your weather correspondent football questions? Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Well then, yeah, yes, of course. Yes, of course. What, what, what? You, yes, I think that'd be great. Weather and football questions. I think that'd be great. What's okay. so? What's his situation now? Do you know? I don't know exactly. We can ask him tomorrow if he if he's able to hop on the show or not. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, by the way, OU weekly update on the ref men's basketball back in action. Number two, Bama, one p.m. on Saturday. Throwback day at the LNC. Five hundred retro T-shirts and a pregame autograph signing from the OU football team. That'd be cool. Soonersports.com. You, you're going to that basketball game, right? I'm going to try to go, yeah. What do you think the spread's going to be? <laughs> OU minus. <laughs> Seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, don't think they'll be favored. I had a joke for a throwback day at OU Hoops, but I, I holstered it. I didn't want to. Why? This is the perfect outlet to. Because uh, I don't want to. The LNC I, is throwback day? Or is it something on those lines or what? Well, I don't they play their offense looks like it's throwback day, yeah, like something like that. It was something like that. It was yeah. I'm not going to hammer these guys though. Um we, we need just, them to show up. Do it privately, I guess. Yeah. Jeez. I'll I'll text the joke to you later. All right, that's Make it. Make sure you, to do it on the text line, please. <laughs> you guys killed it as always was a super fun day. Ah, I love uh watching what you guys do. You drive the show, we're just along for the ride. Let's all go have an ice cold Pacifico to celebrate.